0: Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host. I'm your host, Danielle, and welcome back to another episode of The Mom Files. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Mom Files. This week, I am speaking with Liam Racine, who is an artist and shop owner here in my town of Armprior. He owns the John Street Shop, which is one of our favorite places to visit. Now, I will say that this is a little bit of a a special episode in that I don't really have any parenting advice or we're not speaking with some form of professional, but what I do think is important is just having these really honest and open conversations with people, which is exactly what Liam and I did. It was so fun to just connect, get to know, him on a bit more of a personal level and to share some of those amazing stories that he has. I really, really hope you guys enjoy this episode. It was such a fun conversation. We probably talked for over 2 hours so there's definitely some some goodies on the cutting room floor that I'm probably going to upload to our YouTube page at some point. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much to Liam for talking with me and let's dive in. Just. Funny. So I was telling Summer, who's super jealous that we're talking and, um, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, we're, I'm going to put up a thing and see if we get any questions. And she goes, oh, I've got so many. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So her, I like, her biggest question was, how does it feel to manage your store and raise Johnny, but <laughs> also raising Johnny to be a good hearted pup?
1: Oh, well, the good-hearted pup thing, I'll start from, because that's very kind. I used to rescue dogs, so I always got dogs who, like, had a hard time. Johnny, though, I got from a puppy from my mom, so, like, I got her so little, and I got to, like, spoil her rotten for the first time without any, like, bumps in the road. Yeah. And I mean, it's made so much of a difference. And I mean, she's never had a day without me, unfortunately, because it, I got her for lockdown. I got her, well, yeah. I got her for the shop opening, which
0: coincided with lockdown. Yeah. I
1: have a big old sign that says March 21st, a day to remember. Who knew it really was going to be a day to remember? Yeah. That was my grand opening day. Mm-hmm. I had a ribbon cutting plan for the morning that they locked down like everything.
0: That. Nice.
1: Yes, but aye, to answer aye, the aye. other part of her thing, her question, um, it honestly, running John Street is so much of a dream that it doesn't feel like work half the time until you have to give me paperwork and then make sure mom teaches him that kind of stuff. Because good God, that stuff sucks.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and school doesn't teach us about any sort of taxes or... Just the overall, like, guess what? You did $5,000 worth of renovations. Maybe you can get it back.
0: Yeah. Well, that was actually but, something I had um, Christine Jarrett on. And she is a financial advisor with Edward Jones from Renfrew. And that was something we mm-hmm. talked, like, in-depthly about, is, like, how much school lets you down. And is not teaching do you it. anything to succeed after post-secondary like why am I not learning about even to the
1: extent has- of what is after post-secondary like yeah yes. sure they tell you what college is but it's not necessarily about like college is different than this college isn't going to be the same like you've got this class at this time and if you're not here your teacher will call and figure out where you are yes you don't go to class too bad in college you're paying for it well because we're not taught anything in school Like, I I was taught Quebec history from grade one to grade 11. That's it. I don't know Canada's history.
0: I remember in 10th grade writing my history exam. I don't know how our history teacher was a history teacher besides, like, being old. Because she was just, like, she was retiring that year. So she was, like, head of student, like, the teacher in charge of student council phys ed teacher, and somehow grade 10 history teacher. Oh. I wrote my end of year essay exam on the differences between American beer and Canadian beer and why Canadian beer was superior, having (sighs) never drank beer before. And I aced (sighs) the class.
1: Wow. I mean not that surprised. like my history teacher god love him but he used to drink whiskey in his coffee cup every morning
0: exactly and mm-hmm. i mean for me i moved away from home because i Same. don't want to be in a small town anymore Same. so <laughs> i also then didn't have my mom to like guilt me or scare me into yeah. staying the street and narrow <laughs> so why aren't why is there like no college prep why why is that
1: not a thing well and like you hear about it in the sense of like everyone on the movies talks about your college prep and like everyone's worried about taking this extra curriculum and that kind of stuff but at the same point like that is the extent we learn about it like I remember being in high school seeing like it's crazy to say but it'll be 10 years next year but it wasn't that long ago I know <laughs> I think, i'm still young <laughs> but yeah no in the sense of like, like i remember being in high school watching these movies thinking like oh my god i'm not in chess am i going to get into my art college that i wanted to get into because nobody told me that first of all art college you really didn't need to get anything to get in but there was no real like this is what you need to get in in quebec you had to get 60 to pass that was what we do from there on out it was like i want to be an astronaut
0: were you in that 1516 age then applying for your fine arts degree? Yeah. Which also is just a lot of pressure to What the hell do I do? Yes. Because I recall... And not only that,
1: we did it in a class as a mandatory assignment. Because so far high school has been to an extent other than a social experiment, fairly irrelevant.
0: Yeah. Like. 100 percent it um it was four years I mean it gave me my best friend same and forever grateful for that people are jerks and that's what I took from high school was that I don't want to be Mm -hmm. here anymore I want I didn't want to go to Toronto because I was um very afraid of being killed (laughs) my grade 12 so extreme My grade 12 law teacher, our assignment for um, our semester was to get up and watch the news before school every morning and record the shootings, (laughs) the number of like shootings and like deathly crime, specifically in Toronto. And I remember by the end of the semester, there had been like 78 or 80 like gang related shootings and like bystanders. What
1: died. kind of real estate conversion therapy is this class, though?
0: Like so I talk about like...
1: making somebody never want to move to a certain district and making prices go a certain way. Listen, you're gonna go and you're gonna Google every bad thing that ever happened in this postal code. Okay. And I want a, and I want a PowerPoint. And then you're going to tell everyone in our class.
0: So, and then here's the thing, because some of them had really good law programs. So I had applied to those schools
1: mm-hmm.
0: with full scholarship and turned two of them down because I didn't want to be killed <laughs> and went to Ottawa where they were giving me no money.
1: You're like, you know what? I'll pay for it because I'll be alive. make
0: bad choices. and then also in Quebec like you don't have a 12th grade you do like a
1: I graduated grade 11 at 15
0: okay and then you did so then it's not mandatory to do their
1: depends on the course I believe okay um because I know like my best friend Kelsey went to school to be a nurse um and I'm pretty sure she had to take the grade 13 or like the sage like, whatever, like, because you can technically take it after grade 12 in Ontario as well. But it's a uh, Sage, okay. which is like a one year in between, I guess. Yeah. Um. But for me, I didn't have to take it. I went to school. I got a degree in fine art. And Literally, it was just like, what's your portfolio look like? This? And they're like, great. I, they didn't necessarily care what my grades were. And I never looked farther into it.
0: So now it's a little bit different. So my sister and I have a five-year difference in age so I think OSAP caps at like 7,000 or Mm -hmm. 7,500 or something like that so for her four-year nursing degree and my two-year law diploma um, Mm -hmm. our student loans are basically the same we're like both $30,000 in debt and she uh, she saves people's lives
1: yeah I make you both feel great I'm about the exact same in debt and I paint pitch- pictures of people's lives. At least you could technically go to court for something, I believe.
0: I finished school. I was very passionate. Um, and I went, I was still living in Ottawa. I went to a law office. I bought a dress. I bought like a nice little like leather lawyer-looking bag. bag.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know the bag. The bag. <laughs>
0: and I walked in. The jerk literally ripped my resume in front of me and told me they don't hire legally blondes. Oh.
1: <laughs> Listen, share Harlowit or Har- Harowitz was a bad bitch. We're yeah. just gonna say it, but I mean, come on.
0: I was so I was so proud of myself because I didn't cry until yeah. I was on like the third step out. <laughs> And then I just felt so bad for his receptionist. Because I was like, she has to deal with him every day. And I that's never applied life. to another law office again.
1: I mean, I can't say i ever had an interest in law. I've had lots of interest in law men. But that's just, it still ends in disappointment. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, have you watched Suits? Love it. I, like, obsessed. And mm-hmm. I was just like, why are... I mean, I've never met an Ottawa lawyer like this.
1: And oh, I why? can say it's filmed in Toronto and I was in Toronto for such a long time. Yes. They're not different there. <laughs> it's not Did different. you ever
0: come across <laughs> their set when they were filming? Because apparently they used to like hang out with Toronto people. Well,
1: here's a fun little tip, not tip, fact about me. I actually styled some of the suits for them them and for a few other ones because I worked at Berman Clothing and Company which is like a wardrobe warehouse essentially so it was one of my like first big jobs in Toronto. I worked there for a year and a half. I loved it. They're, uh, they have clothing from everywhere from like um, they did uh, Anna Green Gables, they did um, Murdoch Mystery so like they have that time period but then they also did Suicide Squad so they have like the full, because all like most of Cineflex is filmed in Toronto and most yeah. of Netflix is filmed in Toronto too.
0: That is crazy. So then have you ever met the Duchess?
1: No. Okay. So with styling, unfortunately, like I was, cause a lot of stylists, there's like one big costume designer, which is the one that's on the movie. And yeah. then they have like 29 of us. people that are running around to every warehouse like trying to get stuff so no I didn't get to meet a ton of people I got to meet some fun people like I met Tina Fey which was (gasps) to this day like
0: such an icon
1: love it and I met her at a wardrobe house too and she just made a comment somewhere along the lines of like I need to find my own clothes because they can't fit a woman of my age's ass like she was just very much like I'm here getting my own clothes because I know what I look like kind of thing. Yes. She was fantastic. But styling, no. I never got to meet anyone, like, amazing.
0: That is crazy. You have had such a, like, a wigwam of experience. And then now you hear what's called It's <laughs> called
1: <laughs> I am adult ADD. In Toronto, also It's expensive. It really, like, there's no easy way to put that. Like, it's just simply expensive. So I had to work two to three jobs. And I got creative with the jobs I found, too. Like, Berman was a job I found on Kijiji that led me to, like, then style clothing for movies. Just because that's how the woman that owned it was, I think she was in her late 60s. But Kijiji was how she found employees kind of thing. And it was like, you know what? This can't be real. This can't be real. I applied to it and then like went down there and it was in this, it's called the Studio District, which is just another way of saying the part of Toronto that's all warehouses. Because that's all studios are. It's big ass warehouses. So I went down to this new neighborhood that's just a bunch of warehouses and was like, I'm going to die. I just (laughs) applied to a Kijiji ad and I'm in a warehouse. Where am I? But it turned out to be amazing. And like, it was also the job that Opened a lot of things.
0: That is hilarious.
1: But for the most part, all of the jobs came from like being bored, from not getting the next opportunity, I guess. Like, I would work up to a certain point, especially when it came to corporate, and it was like, okay, now you can't do this without a degree. It's like, oh, well, I've been here for two years and I'm already doing her job and she's gone now. Do not think that I could do it. Like, Or at least apply for it.
0: Which is something that I'm really hoping with the next generation, we don't see those holdbacks because I think.
1: I'm hoping so.
0: Now we're in such a place where people are realizing that experience, not to say that education isn't valuable, because I think we're always learning.
1: People ask me like, oh, what did you take to get a business? Well, first of all, I took fine art. And second off, I failed. I failed an art degree. And I have no problem saying that because at the end of the day, it didn't hold me back. All I took from that was, great, let's do the next thing. Yes, I'm going to pay off the loan either way.
0: (laughs) But also, art is such a subjective thing that I don't understand how somebody can then say, I'm failing
1: you. You didn't pass it? Yeah. (laughs) that was So a large part of my, I guess, failing mark was... A part of my course that I took at Centennial, each artist was picked based on their art style. So we all had to do a a portfolio interview and they picked each portfolio out from like, essentially we all did a different art form. By the end of the course, I decided I wanted to be a photographer. So I was no longer painting. I was doing at the time, like pencil and art portraits. That's why I went to college, like essentially saying I was going to, master in to take university was realistic drawing but by the end of my first like two year I was like no no I want to do fashion photography like I don't want to touch a pencil anymore I really want to do fashion photography and my teachers were fine with it my teachers all we were all doing courses in the mindset of like you can take our assignment and do it in your medium so okay. I would just take the same assignment but I would turn it into a photo shoot kind of thing oh,
0: I like and
1: that. By the end of it, the real like thing that I didn't pass, quote unquote, is I didn't have a gallery exhibition that I could show because photography is not deemed a fine art.
0: So then, let's go back a little bit more to just your high school overall experience and how how did you feel about high school? Because I know you moved to Toronto right away afterwards, but just what overall was that experience like?
1: I was very much like, I don't want to say lucky because i did have my trouble in the sense of like the rednecks coming out and all those things but for the most part honestly my school was fantastic like we had a very small i think there was like a hundred kids from grade seven to eleven roughly at the majority of the time and the teachers were fantastic and like i've never had an issue in that sense but i was still the only gay kid in the sense of like i want to go i want to move i want to get to a big city Like, I was not necessarily told I shouldn't bring a boy to graduation because it was out of church, but I was informed it was going to be out of church. It was like, okay, great. Me and my Italian boyfriend are coming.
0: (laughs) Excellent. I love that. And then, so was this the boy then from Toronto?
1: Yeah. Still is a kind of a big part of my life. He, him and I met actually on Instagram when I was like 13. And we just chatted for like two, almost two full years, no, a year and a half, because it was right before graduation that we met for the first time. And then he stayed and went to graduation with me. But I didn't after that, have like,
0: Facebook yet in high school. And you're like, <laughs> Instagram like dating date on Instagram.
1: <laughs> yeah. But uh, no. So yeah, the boy was Val came down and it was just very much like a meeting the crush that i thought was fake and he's beautiful so it was also like you're not real but no it turned out to be great and my family loved him my grandma still talks to him almost every day which is why val is still in my life um i don't really mind he's a very lovely guy and like they're just i met val and i was open and he wasn't and then as, as our relationship kind of built i moved to toronto after graduating and he came out and his parents just unfortunately didn't take it well at first they did open up very quickly and then it was fantastic and i fell in love with this guy that was in toronto and i dated him for a few years but that was why toronto and i was like i'm going to go to the city and i moved to hamilton first because i could afford it and then worked my way to toronto but i don't know if i would do toronto again either not because it was scary because it was expensive.
0: <laughs> and that, yeah. And I'm like, no, I I love visiting Toronto. I do. Mm-hmm. I have lots of family within like the GTA. I like, I do. I love Toronto. So expensive. And I wouldn't inherently say it's worth it. Like I no. look at Vancouver and I'm like, oh, I get that. Cause like there's the ocean.
1: It's, it's beautiful.
0: Beautiful. Toronto's a lot of buildings, and a, like I was once chased by a homeless man to buy a rat. Yeah.
1: All of a sudden, your minimum wage job does nothing, or the tips you made because you're not getting paid minimum wage are gone. And that's it. The Toronto, like, tourist is gone because you've seen the bars and now you can say you've lived in Toronto. That's it.
0: Yeah. And
1: like, we and don't have like done, that Grand Canyon. No know it's pretty I want to go see it but I've never been <laughs>
0: we were supposed to go and then why didn't we we were in Vegas and then I ended That's up a at the, yeah <laughs> we were well, gonna do we were gonna rent like a big an SUV I guess is what they are the big car bribe to go look at the Grand Canyon but I ended up with like a kidney infection and so just like hung out in my
1: hotel like, room I, like I will say I'm I accident prone in a sense that like I've broken a lot of bones but that's not fun kidney no. stone any of that kind of stuff like the inside working's not working that scares the hell out of me
0: and it was funny because I could kind of this is terrible medical advice so nobody do it but like before I ended up in the hospital I was like I feel like I feel like it's it's there's something going on there, and I've read on the internet that cranberry is good for these things. So I'm gonna get cranberry alcohol <laughs> because I'm in Vegas on vacation. And you got I'm gonna, it. <laughs> I'm gonna float in the lazy river because it. I can't quite stand upright because I'm in quite a bit of pain. <laughs> cranberry and then I love it so I mean not a doctor no but that, that is like
1: saying your doctor tells you you need more greens in your diet and you just go okay I'll add more garnish
0: yeah <laughs> not a great choice but like a super fun vacation and I would yeah. go back and hopefully actually make it to Grand Canyon
1: I'd love to do I've never done a U.S. like really based trip other than I went to I have a great aunt who has a house in Alabama and we went there before I opened it. it was just like a really nice like disconnect no wi-fi no service recharge moment yeah but I want to go and do like the 21 blowout like just something fun we're country kids so I'm sure you can vouch for this like I drank way earlier than I probably should have and even like telling people now that like I'm sober I still drink but I'm sober from other things
0: Yes, it was I didn't because my parents are very scary people, <laughs> but, and I, I, I did, them. but
1: because they're scary in another way, <laughs> the funnest thing to do was jump off the bridge, that was the thing we looked forward to every year, and if we weren't jumping off the bridge, we were ice fishing underneath it. Just
0: the town partied. I grew up in uh, was Queensboro. so it is mm. about 25 minutes yeah, I get 25 minutes to, like, Madoff, which would be the closest place to buy anything whatsoever. Yeah. But then also on top of that, the woman who managed the LCBO was my Sunday school teacher.
1: Oh, ironic. Damn. So
0: then let's talk about, so you've moved to Toronto. We did fine arts, but then we moved on from fine arts. Mm-hmm. And then you got into photography.
1: Yeah. So so in the, like, first steps of photography, I would say, um, kind of came Berman, which was the clothing one. And I got to do a lot of, like, they called them creative rentals, which essentially meant I could walk through this warehouse and pick whatever clothing I wanted. And as long as it was back from, like, essentially when I ended my shift before my next shift, it was good. You could do whatever you wanted with it as long as it was back in that time frame. So it sparked this, like, okay, I'm going to kind of test and try everything. So while trying to, like, get my grip on what fashion meant for me, because I was also a country kid, kind of like, I want to play with glitter. It was so much new. Like, I was very much a plaid plaid high school kind of button down guy. Yeah. yeah and it was like oh my god I get to work with clothing so I did start like kind of just everything all at once but I also it was the first um like I'd say photography was kind of my first moments of realizing who I was where I wanted to go and what I wanted to be because it made me stop it made me sit down for a second and stare at the same thing and edit and figure out what. I was trying to create what I was trying to make from something that was already there because a lot of what I was taught in school and like, even in high school, you're taught about building something from nothing. You're taught about starting your career or starting your life is it starts here kind of thing. Yeah. And it gave me this like perpetual. Oh my God, what do I do next? Oh my God. Did I did not do enough kind of thing. And photography really showed me how to sit down. And it gave me a moment to like during all of this, like the school and the everything before the photography, I would say would be like or not before like before the moving out and then before photography I would say my like the years I fell the hardest. They were the years I was trying to figure out who I was, what love meant, that kind of stuff. And tested a lot of drugs. And I got very addicted to crystal and heroin. And It was all linked to the same mindset of not knowing who I was, who I wanted to be. I was now learning love from somebody else and learning that, like, this is what I thought love was supposed to be. And then photography came and I stopped. I had to stop everything from getting sober and hitting a wall. And it allowed me to kind of, I don't want to say branch out, but it made it gave me enough money to do what I wanted to do and live in Toronto, which was the first thing I, have first time I could have said that in like probably six or seven years. So because you were
0: in Toronto for like a while.
1: I was in Toronto for almost the full decade. I've only been back in Armfire for less than two years.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. And I went to Toronto. So a graduation day happened the next day I got on a Greyhound and I went to Hamilton with two tote bins worth of stuff. And I started high school the or college the end of that summer after high school and
0: mm-hmm.
1: I just kept going and I was I was running. I did I ran away from a lot. Like I moved away and I didn't talk to anybody back home for almost five years, like mm-hmm. not even a phone call. I okay. was pro- I'm probably like mom's worst nightmare. Toronto was a, a run, it was an escape. So I disappeared and I did a lot of things to kind of figure out who I wanted to be and photography was the end photography was the realizing that maybe I could do this from home maybe I could go home maybe I could like do something and actually like be part of someone's family and have those emotional connections I ran away from and a lot of running away from it was like and I don't blame this on my family because I have a very good family in the sense of being gay that I've got a great uncle I've got a few aunts and uncles that are very fabulously gay and have never once from what i remember not been that kind of thing so coming out in our house wasn't a weird thing but because it wasn't a weird thing i also created this like i didn't have a hard story mentality so it was a lot of fixing everything and i know you asked what happened after photography but you kind of know because after photography was John Street. Okay. After photography, I like photography. Yes. There was a moment where I did a lot of things like the fashion world's interesting because right now, like even yesterday or two days ago, I've had some work come out that I did five years ago in fashion, but that's how clothing works sometimes. Like sometimes there's a dress that won't be in production for four years, but they have the sample done and the designer's ready to shoot it because they know exactly how they want to do it yeah so it's weird like photography I did a lot but I didn't do a lot like there's not a lot out there will be a lot out one day hopefully that's crazy
0: but like also like a flashback moment though to like see it come out like and you're in such a different place
1: well John Street's Instagram is my old photography account so that's even the more weirder part John Street just used to be Liam Racine and then I just changed the handle like probably three years ago now when I got the whole John Street concept and everyone on that platform I just kind of like let know what was happening.
0: So was it completely coincidental that you got a shop on John Street? Yes. I have always wondered that.
1: (laughs) Yeah so John The name John Street actually came from this guy that when I was in Hamilton, I remember another Kijiji, probably Craigslist ad, but he was looking for an artist assistant and it was like, oh my God, like, I want to do that. And this was baby Liam beginning art, like, at this point, I don't know anything. I'm like, I think first semester in school too. And his name was John um, L. Francie. Um, He died about three years ago from cancer, but he was a fantastic Canadian artist, did not get the job, didn't get really anything other than an interview with him. But I remember walking into his studio and his studio just said John Street Studio. And it was like, oh, my God, this is like the funnest place ever. And he has always inspired me to just do anything and everything I wanted to do in the terms of art world. And then, yeah, I moved to Armprior, which I was never from. I'm from Pembroke Chapel. Grandma just happened to be here. And it was like, okay, I'll move to Armprior too. Why not? And then, like, moving to Armpire, the goal was a retail store. That was definitely my store. And the idea was the John Street shop kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I fell in love with that location. I fell in love with, I really did fall in love with John Street. Um... And yeah so no i just left out with the john street thing and then i got a dog and purposely named her john and now people assume i named it after her and it makes it feel it's cutesy and
0: it it makes johnny feel real special
1: absolutely and she knows if people are calling her john she's done good things
0: that's funny (laughs) talk to me a little bit about opening a business in 2020 i mean you opened just before the pandemic i think a couple weeks before the world shut down what was 2020 like for you because it's been hella crazy
1: the whole year has been just a blur like regardless of like i know we've flipped so many topics <clears throat> that's how my brain works. Welcome to my thought process. That Like, it's just, regardless of like, as much as like high school might've been hard or even like getting sober, this year has been hard. (laughs) Yes. Emotionally, mentally, like, and the business side of things, like, yeah, that's been hard. But like, just as a real person, this year has been hard.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's crazy. And it's, It's one of those things where I don't know if you're the type of person I, I get incredibly guilty when I feel like I haven't, like, I haven't had it as hard as somebody else. So, I mean, my pandemic experience has been emotionally draining. I miss my family. I lost my job. I have been cooped up with two young children. My sanity has been tested, but I haven't lost a loved one. Yeah, I can't see them, but they're all still kicking. So that's amazing. I haven't had anybody be sick. We haven't, like we've all been fairly protected. I haven't risked losing my home. Yes. So all things considered, I'm pretty darn lucky. Do I have a reason to be feeling upset?
1: Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, every feeling is valid, but I get what you're saying in this. sense, like, yes, like I'm bad for putting the guilt on myself. And yeah, I've, I have had the COVID scares, I guess you could say, or the COVID moments where I thought I would, lo- I was going to lose John street two times for sure. I had a hard year in a different way and feel very guilty about not having a hard COVID year at times. Like, my business was robbed. That I never really publicly shared that too much. So I won't get too in depth with it. He, was, he left my house after dinner with me my grandma and took $8,000 worth of product. My till, the cash from in the till. Yeah, it's been a hard year. But it's been hard, like, not because of COVID.
0: <laughs> <laughs> These people suck.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I guess this year truly showed us all what we were learning and what we were kind of working towards, because this was a true test of like, you know what? You're not good at being single. That's too bad. You need hobbies. You know what? You don't like being around your kids too much. Mm. That's too bad, hon. You don't got a day away. You're going to have to figure it out. And that seems harsh to say, but at the end of the day, like we can all have those moments and still be a great parent, a great brother, a great sister, a great partner but you also need to have those moments to know how to fix those things yeah. and be like, yeah, you're driving me nuts, but I don't necessarily wanna just say ghost sit over there. Yeah.
0: You guys have heard me talk about DoSouth and that is because their new product Neatly is truly amazing. So let's go over some of my favorite things. They are completely plastic free, meaning they are completely biodegradable, completely safe for the environment. Oftentimes when I'm shopping online, I can't help but think, oh man, that shipping is going to be so much. Not with Dew South. Because their neatly cleaning product is concentrate, it is water free, keeping your shipping costs down. You've got water at home, so just make some, boil up some hot water Mixing it with one of those tabs and you're going to have 750 milliliters of an amazing cleaning product. Why not try it? Visit DoSouth on Instagram at DoSouthOnline or go over to their website at DoSouth.ca. All right. Do you want to play a game? Yeah, sure. It's called Open Up.
1: Okay. And... Yeah, because I haven't opened up about anything.
0: (laughs) It's a little bit rapid fire, but like most people don't actually rapid fire me. Everybody's like, hmm, let me. It might
1: be handy because otherwise we I think we just talk.
0: (laughs) What is your earliest memory?
1: Earliest memory top of my head is camping at Black Bear Beach in Petawawa with my grandparents. She used to make these banana splits in the fireplace, like in the fire. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're great. Right.
0: amazing. What should everyone experience once in their life? Italy. Italy. Yeah. Like if you could be any age, what age would you be?
1: Oh, that's an interesting one. Everyone pegs me for older. So there's a part of me that would want to say like 30, 35, 40.
0: 30, I'm okay thriving. being 24. 20, I did like
1: 24. It was a fun age. I'm fine. It's a good year so far. Despite whatever COVID has done or may not be done, it's been good.
0: What are things that you collect?
1: Um, <laughs> there's, it, it's weird. All of the things. Uh, so I really like plants. Yeah.
0: But another
1: thing that I collect that some people find strange. Some people find weird. I really like old notebooks. So, like, I have this one that's from 19, yeah, December 1931. I don't know if you can really see it, but it's uh, the top there. Okay. Yeah, there.
0: I'm, like, captivated by whatever they drew.
1: Um. Well, it's actually a medical journal. It's uh-huh. somebody, I'm. From what I kind of gathered, he was in school and he's like literally doing diagrams of taking out things and putting things in. But there's also like old pharmacy Rx. Yeah,
0: that is so cool.
1: So I collect old books. I've always collected old books. I love people's handwriting. That's what I love. Like I have tons of them all over kind of thing. That's the only one handy. I love that.
0: What makes you most proud?
1: Oh, that's a hard question, honestly, because I have a lot of self-doubt. I would like to say I'm proud of John Street, but there's moments where I was a lot more proud of it. (laughs) Like, I'm very proud of what I've accomplished. I will say that. But I mean, we all have that, like, I wish this year didn't happen and it looked like it did last March. Yeah, I'm very proud of it.
0: as as you should be because it is we call it a staple in our house well thank you (laughs) what would be the title of your memoir
1: oh wow um (laughs) my first instinct answer i don't know if i'd actually go with but i want to say like a bitchy boss
0: i love it please do
1: Because it would be a little mix of like my service industry years and then like where I am as a boss. I feel like that'd be fun.
0: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Read out the last text message that you sent.
1: Okay. So I had to go check the text because I'm recording on my phone. Uh, But it just says, fine then. I'll get it myself.
0: Independent. I like (laughs) that so where can people find you all of the places
1: easiest is just kind of john street shop that's pretty much where we are on everything um if not you can do her scenes work it's just r-a-c-i-n-e-s work yeah that one um but john street is just me you may read it and it says we or us and all of us it's me and my dog i'm the only one answering emails so me
0: excellent and i will also um tag and link perfect your handles and your website um thank you so much this was fun
1: this was a good chat of nowhere i feel like you're gonna have some fun editing this
0: all right have a great (laughs) night you too that's this week's episode of the mom files don't forget to join us next week for another episode Show us some love by subscribing to our podcast and follow along on Instagram at danielle.delaney613 or visit the blog at littlesummerv.com. Thanks for listening.